California for enjoyment throughout the world. Salud. Your health, senor. Roma Wine toasts the world. The wine for your table is Roma Wine. Made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. This is the man in black here for the Roma Wine Company of Fresno, California. To introduce this weekly half hour of Suspense. Tonight from Hollywood, Roma Wines bring you a star, Mr. Gene Kelly, in a suspense play that tells of fear and suspicion and dangerous adventure on the long highway from California to New York. And so, with death went along for the ride, and with the performance of Gene Kelly as a man named George Javery, we again hope to keep you in suspense. Yes, sir. I, I want a room. The name, sir? George Javery, but uh, I haven't got a reservation. Oh? Well, I think we can fix you up, Mr. Javery, if you'll sign, please. Sure. Excuse me, friend. Yes? I couldn't help hearing your name, Javery, hmm? Oh, that's right. In relation to Frank Javery of Cincinnati? Oh, not that I know of. Oh. Kind of a funny name. No offense, you understand, but I just thought, you know. Sure, I, I know. Been doing quite a lot of traveling, haven't you, Mr. Javery? Huh? I see all them stickers on your bags. Oh, oh, yes, I've been out of the country. Room 610, 450 a day. Will that be all right, Mr. Javery? Sure. <laughs> you, uh, gonna stay in Reno very long? Uh, just overnight. Going east? Uh-huh. You driving? Yeah. Say, what do you want to know? Uh, thought I'd tip you off to a good place to eat, see? <clears throat> you like steaks? <laughs> when I get them. Better stop at Harry's place, then. Best stakes between here and Chicago. Here's the address. I wrote it down for another fellow this morning, but he left before I could give it to him. Oh, well, well thanks. You, uh, driving back east alone? Yes. Say, uh, what did you say your name was? <laughs> I didn't, but it's Brown. Steve Brown. Well, look, Mr. Brown, if you want a free ride east, why don't okay, you do no, no, no. I'm heading up to Portland, see. Have a good trip, Mr. Brown. Same to you, Mr. Javer. Thanks. Don't forget to stop at Harry's place, Mr. Javer. I think you'll find it a very interesting spot. Very interesting. Mr. Javery. What is it? Did you notice a fellow with only one arm? No, where? I didn't think you did. He said he was a friend of yours. But don't have nothing to do with him, Mr. Javery. He's no friend of yours. He's no friend of anybody. Don't have nothing to do with him. <laughs> Here's your drink, Mr. Javery. Thanks. Oh, did your friend find you, Mr. Javery? What friend? A uh, one-armed fella. He was looking for you. He said I should keep my eye out for you. A one-armed fr- uh, one man, Mr. Javery? Why, no. There's no guest at the hotel that answers that description. I tell you, I seen him coming out of your room, Mr. Javery. I don't know how he got in there, but I seen him coming out. Me, I'm checking out. If there's anything wrong. No, no, there's nothing wrong. I'm just checking out, that's all. But at three o'clock in the morning. Look, uh... I, I said I'm checking out. Now, now, please get my bags out to the car. Just put them in the back of the car. Yes, sir. Now, look, kid, for the last time, do you know? I don't know nothing, Mr. Jeffrey. Honest, I don't know nothing. Okay, okay. Here. Gee, th- look, here he comes now. Hey! Hey, wait a minute. Thanks, Mr. Jeffrey. Uh, going east, mister? Oh. Oh, it's you, huh? 
Say, what's the big idea? What big idea? Now, listen to me, my one-armed friend. I can't help having one arm, mister. All right, all right. But what's the idea of following me around? You've been following me ever since I got here. Oh, well, I'm sorry about that, mister. So am I. Now, what about it? Well, you see, I'm kind of down on my luck. So I'm hitchhiking. I gotta get east, and I heard you were going east, so... Ah. Uh, you are going east, ain't you, mister? Well, yes. Yes, I am. You mind if I come along with Pete? Oh, all right, hop in. Say, uh, there's one thing you haven't explained to me yet. Uh, what's yet? What were you doing in my room? Hitchhiking? I was never in your room. The bellboy said he saw you come out. I don't know what he said, but I was never in your room. Oh. Well, it's kind of late to start driving, I guess. I don't mind. I'm used to night work. Say, uh, I don't think I got your name. Jones. When I'm Jones, they call me mostly. You traveling far, Mr. Jones? Uh, as far as St. Louis. Uh-huh. Have you been in San Francisco lately? No. No, I came by way of San Diego. Why do you ask, Mr. Gabriel? Oh, nothing. I thought I might have seen... Uh, what's the matter? How did you know my name? Your name? It's an old hitchhiker's gag. Hang around a hotel lobby and find out who's who and maybe where's head, see? Yeah. Hey, there doesn't seem to be much traffic tonight, does there? No. Are you looking for something? Oh, just reach you for a cigar. Get your hand out of your pocket. I, I was Get only... it out, I said. I don't have to pull a gun no. out. All right, Come on, let's have it. What's your game? Game? Yeah, your game. Come on, spill it. I don't get it. Neither do I. I suppose you haven't been tailing me ever since I checked into that hotel. Well, I, I explained about the hitchhiker. Get out. Out of the car. You heard me. Okay. But, Mr. Jamer. What? Don't be too surprised if you see me again sometime. Good night, Mr. Javery. <laughs> Night for Suspense, Roma Wines bring you a star, Mr. Gene Kelly, whom you have heard in the prologue to Death Went Along for the Ride by Henry Denker and Ralph Berkey. Tonight's adventure in Suspense. In this brief intermission in the play, let's imagine we're listening to a conversation taking place at the smart Coral Beach and Tennis Club in Bermuda. An American about to depart for the States thanks his Bermudian friend for the gracious hospitality shown him. In particular, for the especially enjoyable wine his friend served. He remarks how much he'd like to be able to get some of that same wine at home. The Bermudian chuckles as he says, But my friend, that wine you enjoyed so much, it comes from the great wine districts of your own California. It is Roma wine. Yes, friends. Many Americans are still not aware that Roma wines are so highly rated in many foreign lands that they are imported to be enjoyed as rare luxuries. But here in America, we can still enjoy these superb Roma wines as a daily pleasure, well within reach of the most modest purse, with no high import duty, no expensive shipping costs included. That's why Roma wines cost you so little. Have you been overlooking the enjoyment these richly satisfying Roma wines offer? as a delectable beverage at any time, 
as the addition that can make any meal an occasion, as a sure-to-be-appreciated offering to your guests when you entertain. You get some idea of the great worth of these fine Roma wines when you learn Roma wines are America's largest selling wines. I'll spell the name for you. R-O-M-A, Roma Wines, made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. And now it is with pleasure that we bring back to our soundstage our star, Gene Kelly, as George Javery, in Death Went Along for the Ride, a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. Sorry, I frightened you. Say, what's your name? Eileen. Eileen Harris. What's yours? George Javery. Say, uh, what are you doing walking along a million miles from no place at this time of night? <laughs> I started driving east in the $50 jalopy yesterday like a fool. It just fell apart on me. I was coming in here to phone or something. Oh, how far east are you going? Greenwich, Connecticut. I'm going to New York myself. Uh, you're welcome. I mean, if... Well, I... Oh, Look, if you don't like me, you can always get out and start to walk again. What have you got to lose? <laughs> well, all right. Thanks. Uh, I could use a little company right now. There you go. Piece of pie? Piece of pie, bud? Huh? Oh, oh, no. How about a hamburger? We got good hamburgers, you know. We got... No, no. No, just be quiet a minute, will you? Be quiet? Yeah. What's the matter? Shh. Shut up, brother Toby. Sure, anything you say. I'm listening for something, that's all. What? There he comes. Hey, where are you going? That wasn't it. You know, what's going on, bud? You hot or something? No, there's a car out there. It's been following me for the last 200 miles. Yeah? How'd you know? I know it. I took a side road. He did, too. I tried to duck him, and he hung on. He kept following me. I, I'm sure that... Listen. Listen, that must be it now. Eileen, hear the keys of the car. Go out and drive it up the side entrance. I'll be waiting at the door. All right. No, no. Go ahead. He won't hurt you. Hurry. Okay. Hey, mister, you ain't in trouble, are you? I don't want no trouble. No, I'll keep your shirt on. You'll be all right. Here. Don't you want your change? No, I'll keep it. Hop in. I'll slide over. Thanks. Look back now, baby. Is that other car following us? I don't think so. Hey, look, pal, I don't want to be nosy, but... Uh, Eileen, I, I wouldn't kid you. I don't know what it is. Is anyone following us? No, I don't think so. Uh oh Uh, lights. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean it's someone following us. No? How fast are we going now? About 60. All right, watch. 
be careful. George. I'll be careful. Is he coming? Uh-huh. I think he's gaining on us. Yeah, I thought so. Well, we'll see how much this guy wants to play. He had a pretty big car, you know. Yeah, I know. He's still gaining? Closing up pretty fast. Oh, I can't stand this much longer, and I'm going to do something about it. What are you going to do? I'm going to pull to one side, slam on the brakes, and see what happens. Hey, George! I'll force him into the ditch if I have to. It's what he's trying to do to us. Hang on! <laughs> anything about him? Not much. Well, I did. It was a man with only one arm. Well, this is that Harry's place that guy told me about. You sure you like steak? Who doesn't? Well, it's the place for you, then. Buy the steaks inside Chicago, they tell me. table right by the window. That's fine, thanks. And madame? Thank you. Uh, two steaks, please. Uh, both medium rare. All right? Yes, nice. sir. <laughs> Thank you, sir. George, to get back to our little problem. Our little problem? All right, so it's your problem and I'm stuck with it. Are you sure you don't have any enemies? How could I? I've been out of the country for over a year. I didn't have any when I left. Well, could there be any connection with that work you were doing with the Chinese government? Oh, not a chance. I, I uh, well, look, I don't know any secret plans, and I have no agent X-9, and, well, all that's out. Well, maybe it's all just a coincidence. Oh, sure. A one-armed guy tags me all over Reno, then says he's a poor hitchhiker. Then he acts like he's trying to pull a stick up, and then a hundred miles beyond where I've dropped him, he shows up in a big Cadillac. Just a coincidence. Call for Mr. Javery. George. after another. Calling me all day at a joint I've never been in before in my life. George, don't answer. Now, look, you just keep an eye out while I'm in the booth. All right. Oh, pardon me. Why, of course. Hello. 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 Can I help you, sir? Why, yes, I had a call on this wire. But... I'm sorry, but your party seems to have disconnected. Did you call them? Uh, no, 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 forget it. Let's go out to the car. Well, what was it? I don't know. Whoever it was, as soon as I answered, they hung up. Come on. Come on, there's a guy following here. The guy I bumped into at the phone booth. Oh. That's what that phone call was for. Get in the car, quick. Here he comes. Oh, oh, Mr. Jeffrey. You're just pointing something. It's a camera. Thanks, Mr. Jeffrey. Hey, what's the idea of taking pictures of me? It's a hobby. I'll send you a print at the morgue. 
bright spots of old Chicago. Yeah, a little too bright. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, we present direct from 10 Week Run in New York, the world-famed sharpshooter, Professor Glittenheimer. Well, a little comedy would come in handy now. Oh, George, you promised me. Come on, relax. Okay. Oh, man. <laughs> he shoots with the light bulbs, and whether he hits them or not, they always break. <laughs> and now, ladies and gentlemen, blindfolded. <laughs> he, he didn't even aim at it. Sure, that's the point. Maybe we could have shoot straight up, and a bulb in the back of him will break. your dinner. Uh, please, sir, our, our apologies. Our most regrettable accident. Yeah? Only it wasn't. Wasn't? Wasn't an accident. That comic up there shoots blank cartridges. Well, of course, but... Yes, and what broke my glass was a bullet. And it didn't come from the stage. One dollar. luck, we ought to be in New York by 10 o'clock. And the way you've been driving, I don't see how anyone could have followed it. Oh, why do you think I was driving that way? Isn't this beautiful, Mike? Look at that moon. Yeah. Let's stop a minute. Why? Oh, I don't know. Just to look down at the water. All right. Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen the old Hudson River. I guess I better turn off the lights. I'm not sure I'm allowed to stop in the middle of the bridge. Come over here by the rail, George. God, isn't it lovely? Yeah, that really is. Now, oh, look at that boat down there. It looks, it looks a little bit... I wonder how far it is down to that water from here. Oh, I guess about 150 feet or so. I'm awfully glad you decided to come this way. Why did you? Oh, it's less traffic. Not as many cars as on the George Washington Bridge or the tunnel. And, well, there's less chance of being spotted. You still thinking of that? That's kind of hard to forget, isn't it? Just the same, I wish you would. It's not doing uh, that. Look. What? The car. That looks like it's going to pull up behind us. George, you... No, no, I, I don't know. But if some monkey's looking for trouble, he's going to get it because I've had enough. What are you going to do? Now, look. I'll crouch down in front of the car here where he can't see me. He'll pull up behind us so his headlights will be on us if he's up to anything funny. Now, he's beginning to pull over now. Now, look. Okay. Okay, you talk to him. Stall him. Then we'll see. All right. But, George. Hey. Don't you know you're not allowed to stop in the middle of the bridge? Why? I just stopped a minute to look at the water. You alone? Why, yes. I thought I saw a man standing here with you just now. No. The California plate's on your car, ain't they? Yes, I, I just drove through from the coast. Oh. You pick up any hitchhikers on the way? Anybody that looks like this? Like what? Like the guy in this picture. Well, that's the picture someone took it. In. I thought so. All right, sister, where is he? Right here, bud. George, look out, he's got a gun. Why, you... 
Now, let's see how good you are without a gun. George, the railing is trying to throw you over. Sir, only uh, we have your reservations. Reservation? But I, I... Oh, I get it. Another coincidence. Sir? Uh, skip it. George. Eileen, uh, look, uh, maybe you're right. You you better go on home. George, you're coming home with me. I, I'm sorry, Eileen, but this is journey's end, and I'm going to see it through. Well, then, so am I. Eileen. Sleep, George. Okay. Okay, come on. Well, what do you know? What? Our friend sitting over there by that post. The man who took the picture? Yeah, yeah. Last act coming up. Oh, clerk. Yes, sir? Uh, what room do I have? 706, sir. Oh, that's fine. The lady? Yes, sir. Room 614 for her. Front for it. This way, Mr. Javery. Tell them what? Oh, I... I don't know. Now, look, honey, you get a good night's sleep, I'll be okay. I mean, after all, this is New York. Six out. over there, son. Yeah. I don't believe in taking chances, see? 
The boys thought I was coming east under the name of George Jeffrey. Oh, so the one-armed guy and all the rest... No, he was one of my boys. You were kind of rough with him, Mr. Jeffrey. Well, he wasn't exactly playing beanbag himself. Jerry, he wouldn't hurt you. I just sent him to tell you so I'd have a line on where you were. After you dusted him off, it was just a break for me that you went to that steakhouse. Otherwise, I might have lost you. A candid cameraman, too, I suppose. Yeah. After I lost Jerry, I figured I wouldn't take any chances. Send a picture around to the boys. Like the guy that took a pot at you in Chicago. And the guy you tossed over the bridge. The boys that were out to get me, see? Only they didn't know all the time it was you. No chances. Know what I mean? Yeah. Only I can't exactly say I'm glad to have been of service. So if you drop that gun, I'll go. Not yet, Jerry. There's just one thing more you can do. Yeah? Stand over by that window. What for? Stand over there and drop your hands. Boys wouldn't quite understand it if you had your hands up. The boys? Yeah. The ones I've been telling you about. When I pull up that shade, they're going to take a punch out at me through that window. When they do, they'll get me. Only it'll be you. They'll never know the difference. Now, over to that window. They know you're already here, so move. You, uh, don't mind if I sort of stroll, do you? After all, this is a surprise. Come on. Over to that window. And if I don't? I'll pluck you. And if I do? You see, Malone, that's a trouble with your system. No incentive. You know what I... Don't make a move. Scarface Malone. Otherwise known as the guy who never took chances. But he's dead. Yeah, yeah, smart guy. But he made just one mistake. He forgot that the door is right in line of fire with a window. George, what are you going to do? I'm going to call the police and explain this little drama to them. After all, I think it's about time people stop taking pot shots at your future husband. Don't you? And so closes Death Went Along for the Ride, starring Gene Kelly. Tonight's tale of Suspense. Mr. Kelly appeared through courtesy of Metro Goldwyn Mayer, producers of The White Cliffs of Dover. When entertaining guests at your home, are you able to go into your aroma wine cellar and say, which would you prefer, this delightful sherry or this sweeter, heavier port? Whichever of these or any others of the many equally fine Roma California wines you offered your guests, they would find you had poured a world of satisfaction into their glasses. If you are not one of the millions already enjoying these good Roma wines, don't put off this great treat another day. You'll be surprised at the tiny cost your Roma wine dealer will ask for such great enjoyment. Only pennies a glass by actual check. Now you can boast of your own private wine cellar, your private Roma wine cellar. And then, inspired by the great qualities of Roma wines, you'll add your voice to the swelling international chorus that says, Roma wines are truly magnificent. Let me repeat the name, R-O-M-A, Roma wines, made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. 
This is Gene Kelly. I hope you enjoyed our suspense show this evening. I always feel that it's a pleasure and privilege for me to appear here because most of us who act for a living consider this to be radio's outstanding theater of thrills. Next week, I know you will want to be listening when your star will be Mr. Orson Welles, who will appear in The Dark Tower, a play written by those two very distinguished gentlemen, Alexander Wolcott and George S. Kaufman. And now just one more word. Fellow Americans, the attack for victory is on. You help make the victory more certain and bring it sooner when you buy more war bonds. Suspense is produced and directed by William Spear. Next Thursday, same time, you will hear Orson Welles in... Suspense! Presented by Roma Wine. Made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Suspense. Roma Wine, made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. Salud. Your health, senor. Roma Wine, toast the world. The wine for your table is Roma Wine, made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. This is the man in black, here to introduce this weekly half hour of... Suspense. Tonight from Hollywood, we bring you Mr. Orson Welles. Mr. Welles will appear as star of the suspense drama called The Dark Tower, from the play by George S. Kaufman and the late Alexander Wolcott. But before we raise the curtain on this evening's tale of suspense, here is a message from your host, the Roma Wine Company of Fresno, California. Let us picture a scene in the fashionable restaurant El Patio in Havana, Cuba. From the next table, we hear a Cuban judge of fine wines describe in glowing terms the wonderful climate and soil of our own California. When his American guest points out that his Cuban host has never been to the United States, the Cuban answers, well, it's true I've never visited your California, but from only such perfect wine country could come sherry of such superb quality as that we have enjoyed. Roma, California sherry. Yes, by their example, wine connoisseurs of many other lands tell you that in Roma wines are all the great qualities that must be present in a wine for great enjoyment. It's for this reason these wine experts of other lands import Roma wines from great distances to be enjoyed as a rare luxury. But for you, this luxury of other lands becomes a daily pleasure because you can enjoy any of Roma wines' many different taste-appealing wine types without additional charge for import duties and expensive shipment from great distance. These two great Roma wine features, superb quality and small cost, have made Roma wines America's largest selling wine. I'll spell out the name for you. R-O-M-A, Roma wine, made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. And now with the Dark Tower... And with the performance of our star, Orson Welles, as that noted actor, Damon Wellington, scion of the celebrated royal family of stage and screen, we again hope to keep you in suspense. You dare, you dare call me a ham. 
tongues of the world. There are no brains within that thick Teutonic skull. I'll cleave it open like an overripe melon. Who thus profanes the rehearsal of the lines? Enter, if thou art man of woman born. I fear thee not. Hello, Damon. Ben Weston, you old son of a god. I heard you were back from the coast. What news in the Rialto from that cesspool of the arts known as Hollywood? Have they turned my picture to the wall at the Brown Derby yet? No, it's still there. I despise myself for wanting to know, of course. It's marvelous to have you back, Ben, old boy. Seen Jessica yet? Yes, I've seen her. Isn't she looking fine? Feeling better than she has for years, I think. You got a great thing in this play, Ben. Changed quite a bit from the original, of course. Sort of a satire on the family. Perhaps it might be more dignified to say that the family is a satire on the play. Yes, I heard about it. For instance, those lines you heard me declaiming at the end, it actually happened to me once. You know, that German, what's his name, who directed Macbeth, he called me a ham. And I chased him out of the theater, and for four city blocks, in full costume, with a two-edged sword. Damon. There's <laughs> a little thing I like in the second act, too. Jessica asked me why I don't stop drinking, and I say, What? Would you have me subsist entirely on food and reach the gargantuan proportions of an Orson Welles? That ought to needle a boy wonder. Amen. Damon, can't you stop clowning for a minute? Of course I can. Oh, what a rogue and peasant slave. Damon, please. Please be serious. What's the matter, old man? You know as well as I do what's the matter. No, frankly, I can't say that I do. To me, the world looks rather well. Does it? And Jessica, feeling better than she has for years, is she? Well, isn't she? Of course not. How could she be? And why shouldn't she be? Damon, don't you realize there's been a murder? How could be sure? So there has, and a good thing, too, if you ask me. What of it? What of it? Can't you see the thing is hanging over this house like a... like a curse? I hadn't noticed anything hanging over this house, profane or otherwise. And what about Jessica? Oh, I suppose it's bound to upset her a little, but she's really in fine shape, Ben, going to be marvelous in this play. There's more at stake in this than a play, Damon. The thing has never been solved. Perhaps it never will be. Perhaps that's just as well. But Jessica can't remember. Don't you understand, Damon? She can't remember. Well, well, then, Jessica can't remember. Listen to me, Damon. I wouldn't mind it if it was just that other people thought she might have done it. But they would do that anyway. But, but she does. Ah, oh, come on, Ben. I don't believe it. I've talked to her, Damon. I know. Oh. Damon, I love Jessica more than anything else in the world. You know that. Yes, Ben, I do. But this way, I... I couldn't... You couldn't marry a murderer. I think it would be rather exciting. Now that you mention it, I rather wish I had. Instead of some of those I did marry. Damon. I'm sorry. Pretty serious to you, isn't it, old man? Did you think it wouldn't be? Well, to tell you the truth, Ben, I hadn't thought about it at all. That's the trouble with being an actor, as long as you... Heart's good. You don't give a hang about the rest of the play. Uh, you told Jessica? Yes, we had a long talk. How did she take it? You know, Jessica, she carried it off, of course. Then, uh, you know, in spite of all our histrionic bickering, I'm rather nuts about Jessica myself. I know you are, Damon. I have no very fundamental objections to you, either. I would describe you, my dear Benjamin, as adequate. Thanks. So I think perhaps you and I'd better have a nice, long, heart-to-heart talk. What good will talking do? I think if you'll do the listening and let me do the talking, you'll see. Lend me your ears. 
I will appeal on fold. Well, Jessica, as you know, it's been in a sanitarium for nearly a year. She hadn't been on the stage in more than two years. A dark tower was to be the first attempt to work again. All that time. I know it isn't the greatest play in the world, but it has a surefire box office appeal. Jessica needed that to get her confidence back. Well, we were just polishing up a few last-minute changes here at the house. David Torrance, the producer, you know, he was there with us. And of course, there are the usual little differences. And another thing, Damon, when you kick me in the middle of the second act... Where? You know perfectly well where. Is it absolutely essential that you boot me halfway across the stage? What do you want me to do, pull my punches? That's one of the high spots of the show. It may be a high spot to you, darling, but it's just a black and blue spot to me. Very well. Henceforth, I shall appear for the second act on crutches. You know, Uncle David, that's not a bad idea. Oh, now, Damon, let's be serious. There's, there's a lot of work to I'm do. quite serious. I could throw him at her. You might try throwing me a cue once in a while. The use of having a play if you just make up the lines as you go along. The critics thought my ad-libbing very witty, remember, dear? Oh, Damon, you're such an insufferable ham. A ham? A ham? Me? A now, ham? Now, children, please. I Let's... fail to see why I should permit that little minx to insult me with impunity, David. How dare you speak to me that way? You started it. I did not. You started You called me a ham. You are ham, ham, ham. Minx, minx, minx. Stop brawling. But soft. What light through yonder window breaks? It is the east, and Martha is the sun. I quite agree. What? That you're a ham. Yes, I'm beset by harpies. David, haven't you any control over these hirelings of yours? Oh, I'm only the producer, my dear Martha. You at least are a member of the family. And you at least can quit. <laughs> We're terribly sorry, Aunt Martha. We've been a nuisance, I know, and I apologize. Damon, <laughs> I even apologize to you. Don't be silly, Jim. I've been much the worst, I know, but I've really been terribly keyed up working again and... You know, Ben is coming east for the opening. Love rears its ugly head. Don't be hurried, Damon. It's all right. I couldn't even be angry if he was. Anyway, I'll have a husband to protect me by this time next week. I can lick him with one hand tied behind me. Damon, seriously. I know I owe you an awful lot. Me? I hadn't actually realized how far I'd gone. These last six months have been like coming alive again. The play and Ben. Thanks, Damon. Good Lord. Now I think I'll dress for dinner. Let's all go out to the... I'll get it. Aunt Martha, where would you like to go? To a rest home. Hello? Who? No. No, he's not here. He's not here, I tell you. He's dead. Darling, what is it? It was for Stanley. For Stanley? Yes. Never mind, darling, it's all right. Just some fool who didn't know. Of course. Uh, Damon, you take David and Martha out to dinner, will you? I think I'll lie down for a little while. Oh, come on, Jess. You must let a little thing like that upset you. I know, but 
I'm awfully tired. Please. Jessica! You'd uh, better leave her alone for a while, Martha. Oh, I suppose so. It was for Stanley Vance, the husband, huh? Yes. He's dead, you say? Might as well tell him about it, Martha. I was always for telling about it. Well, you don't have to. I'd rather. He was the cause of her breakdown, of course. Should have been an actor. That's why Jessica married him. She married him because he forced her to marry him. Uh, he controlled that girl's mind like some sort of fiendish hypnotist. My dear Martha, I've always said that if Jessica was fool enough to marry a psychoanalyst... Damon, stop playing the heartless brother. You saw what Stanley did to her. I was in Hollywood. Perhaps that's why Damon went to Hollywood, huh? Well... What could one do? She was legally married to the man. She'd listen to no one but him. Here's what happened, David. She went to this fellow to be psychoanalyzed, and in the process, something happened. I don't know what it was, but Vance acquired a power over Jessica's mind that was utterly inhuman. He married her, quite frankly, to have her support him. Then he found he'd overplayed his hand and sent her into a complete mental collapse. When he found he couldn't snap her out of it, and she was no longer a source of revenue to him, he simply decamped. You say Vance is now dead? We heard the happy news about six months ago. Some public benefactor had shot him. I've always meant to look that fellow up. From that very day, she began to get better. From the moment she heard the news, it was as though a spell had been lifted. Mm. Now she's practically all well. You know, it's odd at that someone phoning for him after all these months. Probably the sheriff just catching up. Oh, I wonder who that could be. Damon. You don't suppose? I'll go. It may be a peasant with a petition. Good evening. My dear Martha, you are positively psychic. The Honorable Stanley Brandt. Thank you. I trust the shock will not be too great. One knoweth not the place nor the hour when the bridegroom cometh, does one? My luggage will be here shortly. Listen to me, Stanley Vance. Good evening, Martha. I regret to arrive so unceremoniously. I have been ill. So we have been told. We have been assured, however, that your illness was fatal. Damon, I thought I... Stanley. Jessica. My poor, poor darling. Stanley. Oh, but you're ill, my dear, aren't you? You're ill. You should be resting. You're tired and exhausted, aren't you? Terribly, terribly tired. Yes, I am tired. Oh, great. Terribly tired. I'll take you up to your room, darling. I take it we still have the same room, Martha. Listen to me, Stanley Vance. The poor girl, you can see how weak she... If you think you're going to stay under this roof for a single minute, get out! Very well. Get out! Very well, if you insist on being inhospitable, Martha. You'll pack your things, Jessica. We'll go to an hotel. Yes, Yes, Stanley. Jessica. But I'm so tired. Will you help me, Stanley? Of course I will, my dear. Come along. Stanley. Yes, Martha? All right, Stanley. You win. Ah, you're asking us to avail ourselves of your hospitality, Martha. Yes, you can stay. That's very sweet of you, Martha. Isn't it, darling? Yes, but somehow, someday, there'll be a time of reckoning for you, Stanley Vance. And until it comes, keep out of my sight. The pleasure will be all mine. Come, darling. 
We'll go to our room now. Yes, Dennis. Damon. Yes, my agent, Auntie. Damon, what are we going to do? I don't know what you're going to do, Ducky. But I'm going down to the Lambs Club and have a quadruple scotch and soda. <laughs> Heartless of me, but during the next few days, I simply stayed away. I think you'll understand my reasons later. As for Jessica, she was, of course, completely in his power again. And about a week later, there appeared upon the scene a gentleman who was destined to play a very substantial role in our little drama. I think you've already met him, at least on one occasion. I'll get it, Jessica, darling. Hello? No, Mr. Damon Wellington isn't here. Can I take a message, please? Mr. Max Hartsfeld. Hartsfeld. Uh, I'll tell him you called, Mr. Hartsfeld. I really couldn't say. Well, you can come up and wait if you like, of course, but I can't promise he'll see you. Very well, goodbye. Jessica. Yes, Dennis. Do you know any friend of Damon's named Max Hartsfeld? No, Stanley. He seemed extremely eager to see him. He said he'd come up here and wait. Oh, I see. That's no matter. Tell me, darling, have you been feeling a little stronger these last few days? Yes. I think perhaps I am, Stanley. But of course you're not ready to go back on the stage again, are you, darling? No. Of course not, Stanley. Poor darling. No more love, no more. Well, my little lovebirds, how are you two? How are you, Jessica? A little stronger, I think. Am I a little stronger, Stanley? Of course you are, my dear. Uh, Jessica, I think you'd better leave us now. There's something I want to talk over with Damon. Yes, Stanley. I'll see you again very shortly, darling. Yes. Well, Damon... I've been wanting to talk to you for some time. Really? I wish I could say the same. I suppose you realize, Damon, that it's out of the question for Jessica to go on in the play in her present condition. I'm kind of the point where your Vance have a pressing engagement with a pin-up girl, and I have got to change into my zoot suit. Well, seriously, Damon, I know that you somehow connect me with Jessica's condition. By an odd coincidence, I do. What of it? I know it would make you and everyone very happy if Jessica could go on in the play. Aha, uh -huh, the light at last illuminates my adult witch, so it's a shakedown. A shakedown, is it, Stanley? My dear Damon, I really don't know what you're talking about. Look here, my larcenous in-law. I've been shaken down by experts on every conceivable count, including the man act in my time, and I can smell them a mile away. What you propose is that for certain financial considerations, you will leave this happy home, Jessica will recover, and she can go on in the play. The answer is no. There won't be any play without her. Are you suggesting that my name is not sufficient to draw the suckers? I can get a dozen people to play Jessica's part. Margaret O'Brien, Marjorie Maine, Daisy, Agnes Moorhead. Makes no difference to me, anybody at all. Don't try to bluff me, Damon. After all this build-up, you won't dare go on without Jessica. You little know me, stinky. You may consider your little farce as having closed on opening night. As for Jessica, I'm very much afraid that she's made her bed, and now she'll have to lie in it. 
There's no cure for her short of murder with yourself as the victim, and I do not propose to put my neck in the hangman's noose. Good night. I think you'll see things my way a little God later, Damon. Forbid. By the way, did I have any calls? Oh, yes, a Max Hartsfeld called. Max Said he was Hartsfeld. coming up here to wait for you. Good heavens, when? He's on his way now, I imagine. Look, tell him I'm out. Will you go into Hollywood or something? The fellow's been pestering me all week. Wants to buy into the show, and I simply don't want to see him. Well, he wants to buy into the show. Yes, he does not share your lamentable lack of faith in my talent, Stanley, and he's dying to buy into the show. But does he... No, Jessica won't be able to appear. Of course he does, you idiot. Everybody does. Don't you read the trade papers? And now, good night, repulsive. I have other fish to fry. Toodaloo, flat top. Jessica. Oh, Jessica, my dear. I'm coming, Sam. Tell me, Jessica... The Dark Tower, the play you are going to appear in with Damon. You have an interest in it, don't you? Yes. Yes, I think I do. An equal interest with Damon. With Damon? Yes. Uh, how much do you suppose that interest is worth, Jessica? A hundred thousand dollars, I think. A hundred thousand dollars, huh? Yes, that was it. Have you thought about what you're going to do with it now that you can't appear in the play yourself? No, Stanley. I haven't. You see, I'm not at all sure the play will be a success without you, Jessica. I don't know, Stanley. And so it might be wise to sell your share of it before it opens. Don't you agree, Jessica? Yes. Yes, I do agree. And, Jessica, if I could find a buyer, and I think perhaps I can, it might be best if... I were to handle the details for you, don't you think? Yes, Stanley. You handle it. The fact of the matter is, there's a man coming up here this evening, a friend of Damon's, Max Hartsfeld. Do you remember I asked you about him? Yes. It won't be any trouble to you, darling. All you'll have to do is sign the necessary papers. Excuse me. Is this the residence of Mr. Damon Wellington? Mr. Hartsfeld. Yes. Oh, come in, please. Thank you. Mr. Wellington is at home? No, and we don't expect him, but he's discussed with me the reason for your visit, and I think perhaps you and I can reach a satisfactory agreement. And you are... Uh, Stanley Vance. I'm Miss Wellington's husband. This is my wife. How do you do? Uh, uh, sit down, please, Mr. Hartsfield. May I have your hat and coat? Thank you. And your gloves, please. Uh, I'm so sorry. It's eccentricity, perhaps. I always keep them on. Oh. Uh, now, Mr. Hartsfeld, Damon tells me that you wish to buy an interest in the new Wellington play, The Dark Tower. Yes, I, I've been seeking an interview with Mr. Wellington. Yes, so he's told me. However, Damon has very definitely made up his mind not to sell any part of his interest in the play. You are sure of this, Mr. Vance? Oh, yes, quite sure. I had a long talk with him about it only this evening. I <laughs> see. I will not conceal from you that this is a source of great disappointment to me, Mr. Vance. I have such a deep admiration for the talents of Mr. Wellington. I've ventured a few previous theatrical enterprises. Now, at last, I hope... Uh... I quite understand your feelings, Mr. Hartsfeld. And I think that I may be able to help you. Yes? Yes. You see... Damon owns only half of the Wellington interest in the play. My wife, Miss Jessica Wellington, owns the other half. And she... 
We, if the offer were sufficiently attractive. Uh, indeed. Uh, you, you are willing to sell then, Miss Wellington? Yes. Whatever Stanley says. Good. Then perhaps we should get down to detail, no? <laughs> yes, Mr. Lance. And Miss Wellington, I'm afraid you will think me very rude. Not but, at all. Uh, what is it? Uh, since the talents of Miss Wellington's brother are must be considered the very essence of our bargaining, and since you are acting as her agent in any event, I wonder if she'd forgive me if I ask that you and I conclude this part of our business <laughs> alone, Mr. Lance. Oh, of course. Jessica will understand perfectly. Won't you, my dear? Yes, Stanley. Run along then, darling. I'll call you when we need you. Now, Mr. Lance, I imagine you will wish to know a little more about the man with whom you are dealing. Here's my card. I'm staying at the Waldorf. I've written the room number on the card for you. Oh, well, there's no need, really. <laughs> yes. But before we discuss terms, there is one other thing. Yes? I wonder... You do not know me, do you, Mr. Lance? Know you? I, I... You do not know why I've been looking forward with such pleasure to an interview with you alone. I know. I, I... It's very simple. It's very simple, really, Mr. Lance. It's, uh, it's just that I'm... I'm going to kill you. To kill me? Really, Mr. Hartsfeld? With these two hands. And before you die... Before you die... I want you to know the reason. <sighs> Jessica... No. No, no. <laughs> so you see, Ben, there is your murderer, Mr. Max Hartsfield. And I hope you're duly grateful to him. An elusive fellow, Hartsfield. The police have been trying to find him for two weeks. They never will. Uh, there's no fingerprints, you see. Uh, he always kept his gloves on. It's uh, an eccentricity. Did... Wait a minute. Do you mean you? Uh, my dear mutton, my dear muttonhead. Listen, darling, the whole thing's perfectly clear. It's as plain as the putty nose on Max Hartsfield's face. I still can't get it into my head. Benjamin, if you don't know who Max Hartsfield is by now, you are the only person within the sound of my voice who does not. You mean you impersonated... Then it wasn't Jessica. Jessica? <laughs> she never could have done it. The girl has talent, but no genius. But Damon, murder. Murder, he says. Dear friend, you share with me a guilty secret... Your lips are sealed. Come. In the words of Hamlet, never so help you mercy. Note that you know aught of me. Swear by my sword. What? Swear! I swear. Well said, old mole. Well, I think that winds up the case, Watson. Uh... Jessica will receive by registered post a signed confession by Max Hartsfield, bound in vellum. That should end her worries. You may consider it as my wedding present. It will be a work not without literary merit, although written 
lefty. I should prefer it to be published posthumously. I look forward to a long and brilliant career in the theater. I should not care to terminate it abruptly upon so paltry a characterization as the late Max Hartsfield. Music, curtain. <laughs> And so closes The Dark Tower by Alexander Woolcott and George S. Kaufman. And starring Orson Welles, tonight's tale of Suspense. Suspense is produced and directed by William Spear. If we could bring to this microphone a man typical of all Roma wine dealers, this is what he might tell you. I sell a lot of the good Roma wines. They are, you know, America's largest selling wines. My Roma wine customers, I've noticed, are sociable people who enjoy entertaining friends. Talking with me, they give a lot of credit for the success of their entertaining to the enjoyable Roma wines they serve. They're thrifty people, too, these buyers of Roma wine. What else could offer so much enjoyment for so little cost? Only pennies a glass by actual check. Now, that doesn't leave much for me to add, except this, perhaps. If you are not already one of the millions enjoying Roma wines regularly, make your own taste test of any of Roma wine's many different taste-delighting California wine types, such as the delicious tangy Roma sherry, or the hearty Roma burgundy, or the sweeter, heavier Roma port, and discover for yourself why Roma wines are winning international praise voiced in this phrase. Roma wines are truly magnificent. Let me repeat the name. R-O-M-A, Roma Wine, made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. This is Orson Welles, ladies and gentlemen. Next week's suspense will, as is its policy from time to time, do the unexpected in the way of casting. Because you're going to hear the country's leading comic juvenile, Mr. Eddie Bracken, as a dramatic actor. I look forward to hearing that. I know you do, too. Ensure your baby's future by ensuring your country's future. Buy war bonds for your baby today. Don't forget then, next Thursday, same time, you will hear Eddie Bracken in... Suspense! Presented by Roma Wine. R-O-M-A. Made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.